must be like the wolf pack, not like six pack. Teamwork. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of There's No I In Podcast, a podcast about teams, a podcast about being in teams remotely, leading teams remotely, and making the most out of your teams remotely. I am Mark Johnson. I'm a performance maker and a performance teacher, and I am joined, as always, remotely by a sports coach and head of sport at our shared workplace, Sean Gallagher. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mark, remotely. Do you think I stressed enough that we're back in lockdown? I think so. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was very low-key, but I think I think the audience get it. Yes, everyone, you are as well, I'm sure, but we're recording this uh, the first weekend into lockdown 3.0, 4.0. I could not tell you what this one's qualified as, but it's the beginning, it's the beginning of January and we are back at home point something and we don't have a guest today but that's okay we are going to be talking a little bit about some of our considerations teamwork wise when it comes to kind of shifting how we work and and I'm quite excited for this Sean because it's we did spend a little bit of time thinking about last year how this podcast might not exist without lockdown and without remote working yeah I mean especially obviously especially in in terms of guests um, you know the lockdowns have provided us with an opportunity to have more people available because, you know, they're not traveling a couple of hours commuting to their workplace and the day-to-day kind of grind of work can be quite distracting and people feel as though, you know, they never have that time to maybe sit down and, and talk about something that they're interested in. And the lockdowns kind of, I think, help people a little bit to do that. Yeah. Um, that's not to say people aren't busy. It just, I think it's quite interesting in terms of productivity being at home, some people feel as though they can get a lot more done because you kind of count up all the interactions you have throughout a day that aren't necessarily task orientated mm. out of your day. And you find you have more time to, to kind of get your tasks done. Whereas when you're in the workplace, sometimes naturally things you know, kind of go away from you just because of the the kind of things that will just pop up, but because you're in this the, a building with loads of other people in your workplace. So we, we do have some guests lined up in the next couple of weeks, which we're looking forward to. But yeah, it's good for us to just have a bit of a chat, Mark. Yeah, we and and you talked about the uh, the opportunity uh, for guests. I also it came out of that need for me as well of as a collaborative person feeling like I lacked that completely. Like I I live with someone, so I'm not you know, alone, but actually in my day, day to day work, I, I needed some kind of interaction. And uh, this was a way of providing that. Um, You mentioned, like getting more done. It's not to be sniffed at getting an hour back a day, or a or a um, or even even two hours for some people, if you commute in London, everywhere is an hour to get to. Uh, And that if you kind of utilize that time, for the teenagers that we work with, or even just for anyone, an, an hour extra in your morning to get ready for the day, I found myself being able to start the day in a better place. Absolutely. Obviously, we work in a school, and I do think that that is all, always a caveat in terms of when we talk about working remotely. <laughs> yeah. Just because working with young people, I do think is completely different ballgame to to working in, say, more corporate sort of business environment with with adults. And, you know, I recently saw just a just a small uh, bit of research around would people take a pay cut if they could work remotely? 
And, you know, it was a really high percentage. I can't remember what it was, but they would take a pay cut for remote working. And that speaks volumes because that's someone saying, I'm ready to have less money in my account to kind of alleviate the commute and being in every day and spending money that way. And uh, the need to just be in a building um, yeah. isn't as, as necessary as it, as, it, as it has been. For us, I don't think that's true. I do think that students are going to miss those interactions with teachers and vice versa. But at the same time, I think in terms of content, a lot of people are talking about, you know, a lost sort of year for for students in terms of their knowledge and stuff like that. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think teachers are, are good enough to adapt and to still provide the same content. I've seen some incredible practice being... So I don't totally agree with that. I also, there's a lot of research out there about the the kind of the teenage body clock and how that shift of an hour, that not having to commute, kind of sets them up better. And I have seen that. I've also, you know, the the more consistent challenge is not about content, but about focus, about how do I monitor attention in the classroom when I don't have the ability to kind of have eyes on or be subtle in my ways of calling out, oh, you're not, you're not uh, paying attention. Yeah. Uh, so it becomes quite an aggressive form of classroom management there. Yeah, absolutely. I think two points on that. So, you know, you said about the, the kind of body clocks, um, you know, there has been research where a lot of schools, you know, it's kind of big secondary schools, just in terms of student numbers, where they have pushed the start of the day back um, and it has improved attendance because there are those students who just won't come in because it's just really difficult for them in the morning. And then if they're going to come in late, they'd rather just not come in at all. And that creates some big attendance issues. Um, and so that has proved to be quite successful in obviously some schools and it is a case by case basis. Uh, and then secondly, on your classroom management point, I think that's when you really, it's really difficult for younger years, but as you get older, I do think students need to be really looking at themselves self and that kind of and that self-management to know that yes, I'm online and yes, this isn't fantastic. However, if I don't take this information in and I don't engage, I'm not getting the most out of it. And therefore that may affect my overall grades and stuff. I imagine it's the same in, in a more corporate business, adult environment where people are at home and maybe they aren't, they aren't as motivated or they're not coming into that meeting sort of buzzing to go back onto Zoom for the fourth time that day. Whereas if they were physically in the building, they might be jumping into that meeting and giving hugs and high fives, you know, when we were allowed to. And, and so they, they kind of, that's taken the edge off of them a little bit yeah. as well. So that kind of self-responsibility is a really difficult one in a time when you can just have lots of excuses. Yeah. It's, um, a it's a challenge because it's something that within teacher training and teaching generally, it is something that we teach in the room through modeling behavior, through uh, setting standards. Very true. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk of the pedagogy of the subject. Like how do I teach drama? How do I teach history? How do I teach sport online? And actually the other stuff that gets taught, we would often call it the soft skills, but it's slightly a harder skill than that, which is how do we teach a new type of self-management or self-study from the physical limitation of being somewhere else? Because it's something we would do in the class. There, you know, there's huge amounts of opportunities in class to 
let someone get on with stuff. Absolutely. And if you think about it in the in the in the office, if you had your manager sitting watching you the whole time, checking in where are you going, it would be the worst job in the world. So the teacher as that manager has to step back. Now what we don't have is a pedagogy of that kind of exactly intact to be able to teach. So being able to say to a student, I'm going to uh, put you in a room a breakout room or whatever, <laughs> leave you to it and come back and see what happens. Like there would be a process of supporting that or feeding back on that as a process in the classroom that's quite subtle, that's really difficult to do now. Yeah, I mean, a really just a very quick example of that. Um, and it's very simple, but like I just had a 40 minute lesson on Friday um, and I tried to show a video uh, mm. which had audio, obviously, um, and the audio wasn't working uh, <laughs> through through the shared teams, which when I say isn't working, I didn't do it properly. Um, I've now come to uh, now come to discover based off the tech master that is uh, Mark Johnson. But basically, what I done was I just said, okay, I'm going to pop this in the chat. Can you guys can turn your cameras can you off? Watch it go have five own. minutes. Yeah, go watch it on your own for five minutes. I'm not watching you looking at a video. There is no need for that. You can turn off your cameras, have your thought and thinking time um, without me sort of staring at you through a screen, uh, which for teenagers can be a little bit uncomfortable because they are so self-conscious a lot of the time yeah. um, about their every move. So we went away, came back five minutes and then they came with suggestions and had watched the video and we cracked on with the le- rest of the lesson and it really helped. So there is that learning. Yeah. Now th- that seems like a good example. That, sh- that, that, that looks like a, and sounds like a great example of that. What, would happen in a classroom is we would be there whilst also not being there. Like we would be back keeping to ourselves, keeping quiet, letting the work happen, but there is still a residual presence and that, that is less kind of visible in the, in this environment of online where if you're not there, it's really like, it's really easy for them to literally step away from the work. Uh, without you noticing. Absolutely. Uh, no, you're right. So it's a it's a balance, and I think it's it's we're going to get to a point where um, technology failing us is not going to cut it. I'm feeling that at the moment now, where I'm, I, I I feel a necessity, a need, a requirement to be a little bit flawless and up to speed on my tech, because there will always be challenges outside of my control, uh, broadband you know, internet blackouts or whatever, but how I use my kit, whether that's keep it simple, stupid or all bells and whistles, which is, I, I probably lean towards Mark is all bells and whistles. Mark is all bells and whistles. So it, it, it means I, I can't get away with anymore. This, oh, this isn't working for me. I need to have tested it. I need to have practiced it. I need to but, be But you know what? Like com- completely agree. Um, and I, and what I hope is that, you know, and I'm not the only person thinking that, uh, thinking this, obviously, but I just hope we learn from this lock, from these lockdowns in terms of remote learning. Because like you said, I hope that we do start to get more material, books, etc., on how to work remotely uh, in education moving forward. Because I do see opportunities where there is an online day within your school week. So, you know, Fridays you work online or Mondays you work online. And I do think there will be that blended. Especially if something like a four day week becomes a corporate uh, staple. The idea of an online day at school is, 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 and from a, from a mixed pedagogy point of view, probably quite a useful thing. 
Well, absolutely. You know, it's not to say, as I said, it's not to say that you would be having that day off. It's that that day would be online. And then what opportunities does that online day mean? I mean, for example, you want to have a really special guest in and they can't make a certain date physically, but they can be online on on a day. Okay, so our Friday online day is when we can have guest speakers in. And everyone can log in on, online and attendance will still be taken and you'll still have your other lessons. But we also have this awesome guest speaker. So I think that could be fed in quite and nicely. If, if we are equipping young people for a future that they have to step into, this is going to become more and more a set of skills that they need. Like we've talked about, we've talked about the self-motivation. We've talked about the... Uh, being able to use your you know being able to use your tools to the best of of your requirements um, and that's a couple of things i wanted to talk about on the on the pod today the two the two things that i wanted to discuss and both of them are sadly related to our current situation the first is this idea of having the right tools not being enough um particularly when we're in crisis like there also has to be a change, a shift in mindset in order to collaborate effectively. Um, something I've experienced this week and we'll talk a little bit about that. And then the other thing is about like, there are people who've been doing this for ages. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about companies like uh, Basecamp, which is a project management company, software company from uh, the last t- 10 years or so. They, they built a web framework in order to build tools on it. And those tools became hugely popular and essentially kind of decoupled them from the need to have an office. Uh, And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, But yeah, that first thing, um, how have you found people have taken to this version of the lockdown as far as, as far as your team? Um, It's a good one. I think I'm actually going to look at kind of my, my tutor group Mm. as a team. as a as a group of as a group of individuals who see each other five days a week have lessons with each other and are guided and supervised by me um they interestingly were bored about talking about lockdown (laughs) because that was a question that because that was a question i asked them which is really interesting because if you have the narrative sort of within the school in terms of messages or, you know, from different teachers and, and, and in meetings and assemblies and things like that. And it's kind of geared around lockdown. It kind of is something that you get beaten down by or can be with this lockdown opposed to let's just crack on, like, let's crack on. Like we've been here, we've done it. Let's crack on. And I feel like my group, my team wanted to crack on, yeah. which then to me, means now that I have noted that and it's something that I'm going to try and take out of my narrative a little bit on a day-to-day basis and just have things as normal as possible and I think young people want that consistency with all of this change. It's a brilliant mindset to go into this one particularly of like we've done the being taken by surprise we've done the kind of learning to ride a bike and this is irritating and, and, and falling off a bike and whatever now like we have a framework let's just crack on and we've gone to halfords we've you know we've taken <laughs> out a loan and we're we're now on the 800 pound trek it's got great wheels yeah. lots of different gears and and we can fly through all the way through to february yeah. <laughs> you know or we're or we're on a bmx and we're just cracking on but the 
I think tricks. That, that personally, and this is something of a confession, uh, I think there is with this stuff, with how complicated the, the world scenario is, a, a willingness from me to kind of treat this as extraordinary and let that be letting me off the hook in some ways rather than going nope this is where we're at let's do it and I've always prided myself on that being a work so me going into it going I'm not imagining working from a place of disability or or handicap in my circumstance I'm just it's this is just how we're working and that they've come in with that is is kind of putting me on notice like I've got to, I've got to do that because they will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and as I said, I'm I'm taking a small, a small example and experience that that I've felt. You know, that there is a whole school that could be feeling differently. There's people listening to this podcast who are in different places, different industries who will be feeling differently. So that is just one example. But mm. at the same time, you know, you're right. We have been here. I think interestingly for me, I don't like grey areas. So by saying it's a lockdown and not necessarily tier whatever, and it's just, you can do nothing, don't do anything is helpful. Yeah. It's, it's more helpful to me um, than these gray areas. So, you know, For well-being and obviously as we- well, like the, the, the idea behind positive psychology is that, that we're, we're anticipating the possible rather than, rather than not. And, you know, the idea of gratitude philosophy is is looking for what is good about the situation I'm in. That's that's mindset, and that can be applied uh, wherever, whatever your circumstance is. And yes, it's it's difficult, but like it's the principle of of, of self of of self care and self healing. As difficult as it is, I have to start changing my pattern of thought if my pattern of thought is always taking me down the the negative road and it's where you know from therapeutically it's where cbt comes in it's where all of these practices in order to change my narrative for myself we had Gemma on a while ago didn't we talking about resilience mm. and 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 looking at that kind of uh looking at it from a much more psycho uh psychological point of view when it comes to teams and you know that is, you know, very prevalent now. I think that just resilience and, and, and obviously these words, grit, resilience, mindset, they, they are words that get banded around a lot by a lot of different people, you know, in different circumstances who have had different experiences and are looking at it from all different angles. But, you know, when you, when it boils down to it, it's okay, this is not a great situation. How can I, have the best version of it yeah. so that I don't feel and the best shit version, every and day. And the best version of me. <laughs> and the best version of me. Like how can I do myself favours? Yeah, and potentially if I'm feeling okay, I can maybe help someone else feel okay. Um, you know, so... And I think yeah, that I think has been incorporated level, into into how you were treating your your team, your team of young people from from last lockdown back to when you got back in... in in person and now onwards like you've you've been doing that work because i think that's something that feels difficult for people is yeah it's all right for everyone to say resilience resilience but what do i actually do to to make that happen um like we have to teach that and that's you know that's what the 
the tutor sessions and the PSHE sessions actually contribute towards? Yeah, I think I think as well with all of our fantastic guests that we've had on who who all lead in in a manner of different ways and kind of inspire um, within their kind of teams and their roles. You know, it came out as a strong thing with regards to leadership, just in terms of positivity, having a passion, having a passion for what you do, bringing that to your team um, and also being resilient. Uh, when things aren't going fantastically well. And I think that you can translate that into any scenario. Like, yes, we're in a, in a kind of pandemic and have been now for, for close to, to a year. Um, but leaders were doing those types of things and acting in those types of ways with their teams on a day-to-day basis when none of this happened, you know, but when they were having a bad quarter at work or when, you know, there were behavioral issues in their school or, you know, a number of different kind of scenarios. Um, and I think that those who listen to this podcast are in leadership positions and, you know, will have the tools to help their teams in this current, in this current climate. And if you don't, if you feel like you don't have the tools, go back, listen to Gemma's, listen to James Adu's, uh, like his, his work on resilience also, like that he gave, he gave some great tips. So they're, they're in the back catalogue and we've reposted James's quite recently um like now more than ever like dip back in because they that's a that's a really really powerful one have you ever heard of base camp as a as a, as uh, a piece of soft, as a piece of software oh no i thought you meant when i'd uh climbed, <laughs> climbed Kilimanjaro and i was at base camp uh and all the other mountains i've climbed no uh, i haven't climbed any mountains um well a little <laughs> one in wales i think um but uh no i have not mark please do tell yeah so uh base camp is uh, a piece of online software by a company called 37 Signals. And uh, this is not me promoting the software because it's it's project management software. It's not something that everybody uses. But I was reading about the founders basically building this piece of software to try and manage their work. And in doing so, giving them a framework for working remotely and working offline and these you know this organization has been around for uh, since 2005 probably um and have grown and grown and grown and grown and have never really had an office so this kind of remote working working from home thing not new to them they they went away and uh, wrote a book on it called remote and if we are looking for for perspectives on where the remote working and the these circumstances improve particularly from a corporate point of view this is one of those sources so they they fully recognize the frustration that people have with in-person meetings and uh, managers <laughs> i think we've all had some kind of manage, management but it also it also uh, brings brings to the forefront the evidence of when working from home works Absolutely. I think as well, we, we were discussing before the pod sort of um, the Tim Ferriss kind of four hour work week, which uh, admittedly I haven't read, but I know a lot of people have. And it does talk about not feeling that you need to kind of be held down by any kind of building or, or company and being able to kind of fend for yourself wherever you may be just by a laptop, really, and an internet connection. Yeah. One of the things that I found fascinating about some of how they frame it is they talk about the one of the biggest challenges of remote working 
for managers of remote workers is how to manage people who work too hard. That where boundaries are set up in the workplace, there are those people who, if you take those boundaries away, they don't obey those boundaries. And you have to address the risk that they are going to own, only work and never give themselves any time off. And as a, as a manager, that you end up becoming responsible for making sure that they don't burn out. We both work in an industry where like burnout is a constant topic. But I found that fascinating that, that when you do start working remotely, that the idea that someone might work too hard is the challenge that you're facing. I think, yeah. I mean, I've spoken to teachers in different schools and they said, you know, as soon as they go into remote learning, they feel like they're working twice as hard. And there are some naysayers out there that feel as though teachers get lots of holidays. And now that we're all at home, we're, we're not actually working. You know, we're, we're yeah. on another holiday um, and it, it couldn't be further from the truth. And, and then I, I do think as well that some people feel as though they need, they need to do more because they're at home. Yeah. They, they can't, like you said, they can't self-regulate. Their, their kind of working day becomes very, very different. And they can't kind of keep scheduled into what they would do at work as to what they would do at home. And I do think sometimes that there is, you know, pressures that can come from come from that because people are kind of feeling like they need to justify what they're what they're doing because they're yeah. they're working remotely. Um, and I think that that's something that we can definitely work on improving if remote learning becomes more, not just remote learning, sorry, remote working becomes more of a common thing yeah. because there will, there will need to be, like you said about kind of online learning um, in ter- terms of pedagogy and stuff like that and classroom management, there will need to be management a kind skills, of, what, a management skills, but, and also just a self self-regulating advice for people who work at home because you know again that the the big the big challenge I have with the online situation in terms of working with young people is that my job in terms of you know sport and co-curricular is to get them away from screens yes quite a bit and get them outside and get them sweating and get them kind of collaborating uh, in, in the team environment or working out and staying fit, staying strong um, and getting those benefits. And so now to say someone needs to sit in front of a screen for eight hours yeah. or seven hours a day is a tough one for me. Well, you hit the nail on the head there in the, the it, it suggests that the only form of work and communication and working requires to be present online or to be at a screen. And I think that if we think about the, yes, the meeting has been replaced by the Zoom call or whatever, why not go back to phones, you know? (laughs) Why not take advantage? We don't need to see each other's faces all the time. Quite frankly, I'd rather people didn't see mine sometimes. Or, you know, like when you're teaching, a lesson doesn't have to happen inside a video call for it to do the job of a lesson. And I think that it's the difference between clocking hours and clocking outcomes. Like either it's a punch card where you're managing someone by going, are you in your seat at eight o'clock and do you finish at four or whatever your timing is? Opposed to, you know, these are the things we need to get done. Can we do them? And the benefit of the four, the four day week has always been suggested is that the work does get done in that time and gets done more efficiently and the hours become less important. I, th- I think that there's got to be some quite exciting 
exploration around how little time we can spend doing the work that we need to get done, how much we can automate, how much we can, you know, delegate and collaborate with and make sure that it's happening without us, without us all having to be doing all of it all the time. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think if we look at um, collaboration is the missing piece to creativity, um, which was the title of our Emily Gordon Smith episode, mm. uh, who works in the works in the fashion industry. Well, works in the future prediction industry as well. Yeah, Ab- absolutely uh, for stylus. And you know, we had a really interesting chat, and maybe one for for our listeners to go back on with regards to this episode because I do think it's relevant, just in terms of how those creative industries are having to kind of adapt with online because so much of what they do is very tactile. It's very visual. It's very collaborative, multi-sensory, multi-sensory in terms of, you know, colors and fabrics and things like that and storyboards and and, uh, design boards and and things like that. And and all those things can be very difficult to do to do online. And she did say that they have actually managed to be quite successful um, since they have gone remote. But I think that is based on having a strong team of people who, you know, are passionate about what they do, which is something else she mentions on there. And I think if you are passionate about what you do, I think physical or online, you're still going to do a good job. And I think that kind of needs to be remembered across the board, employees, employer. Um, but yeah, no, that was a good one to go back to, I'd say, uh, episode 20, just because, um, as I said, a lot about collaboration in there for people who would never really work online. If you think of a, a fashion show, you know, they, they, yeah. they went online. They, they had to go online. Like Louis Vuitton had, had online fashion walks. You know, that's unheard of before. And I'm sure a lot of fashionistas were very disappointed that they didn't get to go to Paris to, <laughs> for a couple of days. You know, so the, the, there, are, there are things out there that are a struggle once you go online. We're going to keep it short on this one, I think. Uh, because we are looking forward to getting guests on. We've got some sports guests lined up, which is great because, again, it's another situation where learning how teams work at the moment from a sports point of view is is a, is a fascinating way of, of opening up this idea of how do I adapt. Uh, we're also fishing for guests, so if you know anyone who you'd want to hear more from, uh, we're we're particularly keen to talk to someone in recruitment and how you hire for collaboration uh, or how you put together teams. So if you're an HR or recruitment, we'd love to do a long talk with you. You can send us any suggestions. You can you can tell us if the survey question that Sean asked earlier, would you take a pay cut to work from home or you know how how do you think you deal with a four day work week you can tweet us at no i podcast on twitter and instagram whether or not you would or could even uh, you can email us mark or sean at no i podcast dot show and as always we are super grateful for all of you who listen indeed absolutely um and i would just say as well for those of you who are using lockdown to maybe try and stay physically active um i'd highly recommend you doing so um whether that's a walk or a run or a bike ride um and can i please uh suggest that you use there's no iron podcast as your listening 
tool um, for your physical activity. You know, most of our, our episodes are about between 50 minutes to an hour. Uh, plenty of time to get a walk in or, or a slow run uh, or a nice bike ride. Uh, I've definitely been doing that with some of the podcasts that I listen to. I, I won't say I've been listening to my own one back because that would be very egotistical. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, get, get, get us on your podcast list and use it as a motivational uh, tool uh, while you are keeping fit and active um, because that will massively help you uh, across this lockdown. I can guarantee that. Yeah, so uh, stay safe, everyone. And uh, last thing to say is a goodbye from Sean. Goodbye, guys. And goodbye from me. Goodbye, everyone. You must be like the wolf pack. Teamwork. Yes. <laughs>